0: I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations
1: about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies
0: you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the dirt on flowers. Holy, it's October. You know, I hate it and love it. Do you subscribe to the spooky season? Because I resist it.
0: Like spooky season to me is like just knock it off. It's fall. Not really. I'm good. I'm good with Halloween. I mean, I like it, but not really.
1: Yeah. I'm not – so I think you're divided. I think you're either like Halloween (laughs) or you're a fall person.
0: Like do you have Halloween decorations up? Me? No. Yeah. No. Me either. I
1: still have a a Christmas decoration up in my kitchen that says Merry and Bright. (laughs) I looked up at it and it was like about July, June or July. And I'm like, I guess Merry and Bright qualifies as like every day you want to be Merry and Bright. So that's, I've just stared at it. I'm like, well, I don't know. Another six weeks and it'll be okay to technically have it back up. (laughs) That's where I'm at. So no, I don't have,
0: do you have, um. Like Halloween decorating? Only because of my kids. I just got these big giant spiders that I just attached to the front of the house. So it looks oh. like there's spiders crawling up the house. That's literally it. That's cute. <laughs> <laughs> they would love it to be like all over. I'm just like, I don't know. I spend so much time outside that it's hard for me to focus on too much time decorating the inside. Like Christmas, obviously. Yeah. I have some fall stuff, but that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty low maintenance, pretty minimal Mm. on that kind of stuff for the most part.
1: Yeah. 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 My Well, I did do the farm store, uh, the the little farm stand. I decorated it. Yeah. I put mums out and pumpkins and that felt fun. So, I mean, yeah, I I stare at it more than I'm inside my house. So, (laughs) I did some fall decorations. Yeah,
0: you did. You did.
1: Yeah. I spoke at uh, Leo Burby, their bulbs and blooms event, and we had so many dirt bags there. It was so so cute. It was so the fun. Best. There was a there was a girl uh, there that said, like, I wasn't there yet. I'm mm-hmm. sure Marjolin was, like, looking at her watch, like, where the <laughs> where is hell is she? <laughs> yeah. And I I texted her. I was like, I didn't talk until 11. I left my mm-hmm. farm at, like, 8, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, – and Rhonda from Fly Girl Flowers, <laughs> she was like, I looked down and thought, is she coming? You know, it was like <laughs> – I knew I had done this many times. So I knew like what I was doing. But anyway, one of the girls said that she looked around and she didn't see me, but then she heard my cowboy boots and she's like, <laughs> Lindsay's here. She like heard him clicking and she knew it was me. I was like, I love that so much. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That power, Cute. power walk with those boots. But yeah, yes. it was so great to connect with people. And I, you know, cause I um, really am removed mm-hmm. where I am. So yeah. you get to see more dirt bags than I do. Yeah. So it it was just a fun fun experience. I got to take a picture with one of the accountability groups. So, she's oh, like, "This what? is our accountability group." <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Can I get a picture with you?" That is so sweet. Yeah, me yeah. I mean like made my day. Just absolutely made my day. So oh, yeah, very cute. grateful to to meet everybody. It was just fun. I mean, it's always energizing to be in a room with like other flower farmers, you know, get yeah. to forget about what you've got going on in the farm for the day. Yes. And so it was really nice. And they, yeah. they asked some really great questions and Good. yeah, did a talk on Pick, mm-hmm. and actually very similar talk to what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> so if you were there, you're going to mm-hmm. get sort of a a repeat, sort of a similar version of what I'm, what we're talking about today on the
0: podcast, and but yeah, so it was fun. That's fun. I have to report to you that I have my first official pair of cowgirl boots. You do? Yes, Maddie. But tell me more. My employee, one of my one employees, Maddie and Rachel, bought them for me for my birthday last Friday. Oh, I love it. Okay, I have to tell. I'm going to tell a quick story before we get started. Last yeah. Friday, Judd's like, "Hey, I I made reservations tonight for us for dinner." I'm like, "Really?" you did (laughs) because like generally I'm the planner you know like he's not like the reservations guy I'm like huh okay that's fine well I had a bunch of other things to do and I was kind of like not wanting to do it I'm like let's just go somewhere easy like no no we really need to go well turns out Rachel and Maddie were planning like a surprise at one of my favorite restaurants for my birthday which was like two weeks ago on Dahlia Fest (laughs) Day. so like my brother all my friends Rachel, Maddie, Judd, we all went out. They surprised me for dinner. And then I opened up. They're like, "We got you a gift and it's like the most beautiful pair of cowgirl boots." Yeah. And I'm like, "Yay." I'm like, "Okay, we're going to go." Okay. Where I live there's the Thirsty Cowboy <laughs> a, bar. a bar. Yeah. Oh, okay. The Thirsty Cowboy and the Dusty Armadillo are the two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and I've always joked like I want to go to the Dusty Armadillo and like learn the line dance. Because, like, I pretty much know the electric slide, but beyond that, okay, so, so I was like, yay, I could finally go to the Thirsty Cowboy. They're like, actually, put your boots on, girl, because we're going to the Dusty Armadillo. <laughs> so I put my boots on, and we went out after that, which is way past my bedtime, but I literally had so much fun. First oh, of all, love line dancers, like, that's yeah. some serious stuff. And th- mm-hmm. there's a legit I dance to each song. You did? There is. I used to teach it at a bar. Really? In college.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's... Well, it's on my bucket I know I need... list? Oh, so why I can give you private lessons? Okay. Yeah. That's well, what you got to send me a picture of your boots. I have I will, so many questions. Do you know the brand? I don't know. <laughs> so
0: what do they look like? They're like brownish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I will post a picture. I I will. Okay. To, yes. They're they're like a half. They're not a, a super tall one. They're kind of like a half. Oh, cute! Yeah, that's... they're they're super cute. They did great. Oh, so I love, love them. They're perfect. I had so much fun. Drank way too much. I did have two Long Islands. You did. Yep.
1: How am I just hearing all of this? <laughs> <I don't laughs> I don't <know>. like... <laughs> that's amazing. But,
0: yeah. So now I'm official. Two Long Islands. That yeah. sank me.
1: It was a good start.
0: Yeah. I just kept going.
1: So did they give you lessons? Like, did you get to do line dancing that night? Or yeah. did you oh, I, sort of...
0: Oh, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was... Okay, so the, they're like, everybody's super serious. And they do lessons at like 6 p.m. or something at the Dusty. Yeah. And so I clearly missed all those. So I could get the easier dances, like, you know, good. But by mm. the time you get it, then the song's over. Yeah. And then they're on to some other dance, you know. So I'm like, huh. Oh. Other mm. than that, I did good. But so much fun! I mean, talk about some wholesome fun, man. That was just oh, yeah. so much fun. So oh, yeah. I'll take that over some bumping and grinding. It's that's it's just <laughs> such, yeah,
1: it's a different kind of yeah. It's know, a whole different yeah, and yeah. they can get some real intense. Like I was just, I never got like full on outfits. Yeah, you know, because there are oh, some yeah. girls that get oh glittered yeah. up. You can imagine that's not my style. <laughs> um, very basic, yeah. uh, but. Yeah, it's a blast. Oh, it's so, so much, much fun. fun. You get out of your head, and you're not yeah. thinking about anything else. And, yeah, um, that's yeah. so cool. I love that you did that. Yeah, yeah you'll that have to post so a fun. picture.
0: I will. Yes. So I told the girls we're gonna try to learn one dance a week on YouTube so that we can go back and surprise everybody. <laughs> 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 They're gonna be like, oh, God. Tell this girl. me when you come up. I would drive oh, up for that. Oh my God. Yes. So fun. We had we had yeah. so much fun. So it was good. It was good. So now oh, I'm official. Yeah. Your of boots. Yep.
1: Okay, well, working. I'll give you all the. There's lots of tips to like maintaining them. I'll send you the. Oh, okay. What you need the conditioner for them? Oh. And wow.
0: mm-hmm.
1: I live in them. That's just yeah, basically what it's all I, all the time. Yeah, yeah. all I wear because it's they're can they're comfortable. Once you get them broken, depending mm-hmm. on what kind, I don't like a heel on mine, mm-hmm. so I go with like a low mine's heel. Low, yeah, low heel mm-hmm. square toe, and they're mm-hmm. very comfy. So.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Oh, fun. I'll send you a picture.
0: Yeah, it was super yeah, fun. Yeah,
1: well, let the addiction begin because you'll have that's more we, after this.
0: That's why we got going to talk about what the most profitable flowers are to just fund all of our line oh, dancing good, and boot addictions.
1: Nice, <laughs> nice transition. Yes. <laughs> I try. Here's how we afford our high boot <laughs> habit. Um, so, yeah. So today we're talking about profitable flowers. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I think I've griped about this before on here. And uh, – but I, there's so many YouTube videos and there's so much content out there that says, grow these flowers. These are the most profitable. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem with that because we're all different. And I feel like this is the same theme that we repeat all the time. Like you want – you yes. come to us and say like, what flowers should we grow? Give me your top 10 most profitable flowers. We get asked that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really great question because it means you're focused on things that are going to make you money. The problem is we always say like, well, we're sorry, that's just on you to figure out because yeah. we can't tell you. Mm-hmm. And but so we're going to chat about that today. We're going to talk about, you know, how to uncover that information for yourself and how to make good business de- decisions to know what crops to grow because <laughs> there's a lot of factors that go into profitability of a business and you know, a lot of things, a lot of variables are dependent on profitability yeah. of flower types. So if you see those, those videos pop up, it's not that there's not like information to be curious about, but I just, I wouldn't live and die with your crop plan based off of, you yes. know, a YouTube video that says you, that tells you that these are the top Ten flowers, you you must grow to make money.
0: So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, it like goes against it goes with that like quick fix mentality. Like we just need the answer right now, and and you know what we're g- gonna tell you like over the next hour that we're chit chatting with you is that it's so variable, and you're gonna have to find that answer is within you, not mm-hmm. anybody else. Is it a good starting spot? Maybe you know to try and figure out. We're gonna give you some good information on that, but if we're not making money. Why are we doing that? I love flowers, but if I was not making money at it, it would not be nearly as fun, Mm-mm. exciting. I mean, there's nothing worse than doing all this work and then not making any money. So just even just having that mind toward profitability in everything that you do, every decision, not just the, just not just picking the flowers, but there's so many things that we can look at on our farm that lends itself to either being more profitable or less profitable. So, Flowers' is, selection is one of those, but mm-hmm. just trying to retrain your brain to be looking at that at everything through that lens is really important too. So,
1: that's a good point. It's yeah. like one piece of the pu- that's like a piece yeah. of the puzzle. Yeah. Uh, it's the pe- the flower selection is a piece of the profitability mm-hmm. puzzle. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And so much of what we do is business focused, so it's like mm-hmm to me like the growing of the flowers i've said that here is a is a small percentage of what i'm doing at, on my daily basis so I, do i think it's important to select the right ones 100% but i think the most important thing will be first like building a really solid foundation to maximize your profits and that starts with some really good habits and looking looking at what's working in your specific area this is where it boils down to what's good for you not everybody else so I think the first thing is is, you know, really start keeping good records. Make creating that to be a habit of you to to record keep is really important. Mm-hmm. So, you cannot look at your business and make changes if you aren't tracking it. You don't know if it's going good or bad. Now, do we have these gut feelings sometimes? Sure. You know, yeah. but if I ran my business off gut feelings, I would be in the same place I was 4 years ago. It's like our businesses mm-hmm. transformed when we started tracking these things, and that's just so important. So, yeah. Next one up is if we're talking about another solid foundation piece for maximizing your profits, doing the market research in your area. So, so we'll, we'll get people who message, us, well, what are you charging for this, that, and the other? Insert flower name, and it's so hard. Like, I can tell you that, and I do. I'll be like, well, generally, this is what I'm charging. But you need to be looking at what others are charging, and that could be your wholesaler. For me, that's generally where I started off. Like, what are people used to paying for this at a retail level, and what are people used to paying at a wholesale level? And then going from there. So there is like a big market research. And so if you're just getting started, like that's a huge piece you could get started on now. Are there other farms mm-hmm. in your area? What are they charging for crops? What's your wholesaler charging for those exact same crops, but in a not as you know, not as great state, you know what I mean? So just like starting together, all that research is really important for you when you're looking at which flowers to grow and that in turn will help maximize your profits. So that's good.
1: Do you remember when we were at the ASCFG and Little Mm -hmm. State was up talking about, um, she's in Rhode Island. Yes. And she was talking about selling Nigella. Oh God, yeah. her, Her second's. For like $15, the second second cuts, right? Like the crappy stuff. She was like, well, I guess I'll just get like 15 bucks out of it per bunch. Yeah, And I remember looking at you like, I mean, she lives in an extremely wealthy pocket Mm -hmm. and extremely expensive. So it's all relative, you know, Mm -hmm. with those things. But that's where we're talking about. That's a great example for market research because I'm like, my florist buy it for $9 a bunch, (laughs) a premium cut. You yeah. know, like growers yeah. bunch. Um, yes. And so it's just that's the market research we're talking about that, like, we can tell you a price of something we sell it for and we're happy to do that. And maybe that gives you a baseline, but there's really, like, you know, if you're in a wealthy pocket, yeah. you know, that's mm-hmm. a you can definitely charge more of a premium price for that product. So, yeah. 100%. And it costs that's another example of it costing someone else more to produce that yes. flower yep. than us. Mm-hmm. Cause, um, you know, I'm sure. Yeah labor costs and everything else are a lot
0: more expensive where she is. So mm-hmm. even just looking at your own inputs, like, do you live on your farm? Do you rent lease your farm? You know, what are some of your expenses? Like it, with each person, it's going to take a different amount of expense costs to produce the same exact flower. So that's where that record keeping is really going to come into place. Um, it's like, how much is all of this costing me to create Versus how much is, how much am I selling it for? And just making sure that you are making a profit on these things. And then you'll, you'll know if you're tracking these things, you're going to know which ones to cut. You know, you're going to know that. And it's mm-hmm. going to, it's just going to give you the data behind the decision, which I think is important as entrepreneurs is that we constantly have that data piece. Yeah. Okay. So if you're building a solid foundation, I think we can also, you know, improve efficiencies, reduce waste, labor, expense, all of those things can eat away at the profitability of a flower. You know, Lindsay and I were talking about, where was it in the insiders group? We were talking about a lysianthus. Like, do you pot up your lysianthus? Like just thinking about how many times you touch a flower. Every time you touch that flower, the profitability is going to go down on it a little bit. But if you're like from... For instance, this is a good example. Lindsay was saying that she plants her small two eighty eights or two sixteen two eighty eights, Yeah. And she just plants those out. We on our farm, we cho- we choose to bump them up because there's a little less weeding on on our end at on the other side of after planting it in in our soil in our on our farm. So you have yep. to make that decision. So it doesn't mean even like when we're asking for like planting advice and like all that, really just like try to take into consideration and. Lindsay and I have come upon these made these decisions based on our own experiences in our own farms, you know, so it's good to like listen and hear what other people do. Try it. You're going to be constantly trying things. But I think that's really important, too, is just, you know, not try to get too too caught up in what everyone else is doing and really focusing in on what is working for your target market and your farm. And you, at the end of the day, it has to make you happy and it has to work for you. Um, so those are all really important things. And that's going to give you a really solid foundation for maximizing the, the profits of the flowers yeah. that you're growing.
1: Yeah. So when we're talking about the, the first thing that Shannon mentioned was about record keeping. So if you're just starting out and, or you've been in business and you haven't had the bandwidth to do record keeping, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm just start now. And I think you said it in there and it's like, it is just, it's literally a habit and it is just committing to keeping records. And it's as simple as that. And so my thing is with record keeping is that you need to keep it simple mm-hmm. because when you start over complicating things, it becomes like, you're not going to end up doing it. Right. Like it's just the records that I would tell you to start with. So if you are not doing these, are the three that I would say really would be top priority, in my opinion. We'll leave, I'll even make it a top two. And then the third would be like, Mm -hmm. you know, you could add this on later. So my top two would be a harvest sheet. And that is, I do mine by week numbers. I write, we have a list of plants. We actually do ours on a dry erase. So this is another. Thing that makes it a little bit easier. We have a sheet that has every flower on it in alphabetical order, and we have a spring sheet and we have a summer sheet, and it's down by week number. And then we write down the number of bunches that we harvest. And so, starting with a harvest sheet just really tells you, like, what are you cutting out of the field? How much, you know, is still, it gives you like a perspective to see, like, what's still left in the field. And then we just write that, it goes right into a Google. Doc. So I have that information to know we cut this many stems. And then the next, uh, you know, tracking that I would ask you to do would be a sales record. So that's everything that you're selling. And that would be a mixed bouquet, that would be down to the stem. So we sell to florists. Ours goes through QuickBooks. So we see ours, you know, we can pull a report that way to see. I've shared, I shared on with the uh, efficiency episode, I think it was, where I do that plan keeping where I actually put my recipe out each week for our market bouquets for my girls. And then that becomes their pick list. Mm -hmm. So like today was a harvest day for us. And I have all of, we've got a big weekend coming up and I have every flower that needs, that's going in that recipe for the market bouquet this weekend, it's all the same. And so they got the flower, the number of stems that are going in that bouquet. So like three dahlias are going to go in it. And then it was like times 200. So that's like 600 cents. It divides it into bunches. So that's like one very simple way that I keep a recipe. I've shared it before Mm -hmm. that like, I can't, you do it. And I, your brain is special. Mine's not
0: that I,
1: I really struggle with sitting down in January and writing a recipe out for a bouquet growing that thing and then producing that thing in August. Like it does not happen for me. (laughs) So I work a little bit different. I use my harvest sheets and my sales records to work on my crop plan. That's how it works in my brain. It makes it very simple. So for basic record keeping, harvest sheets, and we do this every day and we have it up in our barn where it's really easy with a dry erase marker to write down. Sales records we have. And then the last one, if you you know, really want to step it up and be a rock star. Once you get these other habits down, would be a shrink sheet. And I don't know if we've if I have shared this in the insiders or not. If not, we'll make this one of my mm-hmm. downloads. Yeah. I'll do a yeah. shrink sheet download. So, what a shrink sheet is is it shows your waste and it takes the um, like you were saying, like if you were making all the decisions through your gut. Yeah, this puts it. It's right in front of you. You're writing down. It gets painful to write down waste and to see like what you're pitching in the compost or even waste that sits in a high tunnel. So I'm going to share with you in a little bit like some of the crops that I've eliminated and it has been from this shrink sheet like where I've seen like, okay, we planted it. It was down on my crop plan, but you know we never harvested. You can see you didn't harvest any stems of it or very few to justify the real estate that it gets within our high tunnel or any of those places. So you know those would be the three basics, harvest, sales records, and shrink sheets to start to help you kind of gather information
0: to figure out what flowers are profitable for you. Yeah. Those are all good. I think yeah. once you start practicing that habit, it will become easier. And it's like getting in the employees and the used to doing that, and no, it just becomes mm-hmm. like a regular thing for everybody, which is so important. So the more you do it, and the less complicated you make it, the more the more likely it is that you're actually gonna <laughs> gonna follow through and do it. Like even for me, I was I'm doing my Lizzie order. I did get my Lizzie order in, and I looked at my list for last year, and I had gone in, and it's just a Google sheet, and go- went through, and I'm like, okay, this Lizzie no, the color color was off. Like I'm not growing any of the Piketty varieties. Do you grow any of those lens that are like two-tone kind of? Yeah,
1: I do. I grow one, the blue, like blue, the blue yeah. and white or something, yeah. but yeah, I didn't grow any this yeah. coming season. I went with a misty blue, oh, ABC yeah. misty blue. Misty blue is like pretty. pretty. Yeah. Misty yeah. blue is pretty. Yeah. yeah. So it kind good. of gives you that like
0: tone, <laughs> but not as like yes. carnival. Yes. <laughs> And, like, I'm cutting out all my dark purple, which oh. I, I, like, love the dark purple, but we, but we can't sell it. And honestly, it's, like, going in all the market bouquets and people are, like, eh. People in my – where I'm selling, people are loving, like, apricots, all my florists. Ap- That's me. I'm, like, frilly. I'm, like, the frilly Lizzie girl. Like, yeah. they love the apricots, champagnes, whites, lavenders, light pinks the rouge kind of colors, which are like, you know, like kind of like a darker pink. So it's like mm-hmm. I'm cutting out some of those colors. And, you know, if, if you can't sell it, like you sh- really should not be growing it really. Yeah. And I did that with Roseanne Brown. Yes.
1: I know. It's, it's, I think it's a one class or one group. Yes. Um, like, so it blooms so stinking early. Nobody has a fallish wedding in July. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. nobody wants a brown Lizzie in July. And then <laughs> I could never get it to second flush like and hit at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was that real antiqued brown yeah, one. I mean, they're, they're
0: beautiful. Some yes. of them are really pretty. But I grew I, – I grew I – grew, had one little – I think I had one tray of those this year. And I grew them for the last couple of years and no one bought them. And this year I'm like, this is it. If I can't sell, sell these things, I'm getting rid of them. Of course, I had one florist who basically wanted all of them. He <laughs> was like, Sorry. can you grow more of those next year? I'm like, uh, you're going to prepay? I promise you buy it. <laughs> That's, that's exactly what I said. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. That's okay. So, <laughs> so, but it's just like making those simple things. Like I had a note on one of my Lizzie that said stems broke all the time, weak stems. Mm-hmm. You know, so now I know I'm not going to order that one. I can just get another white, you know, that I love. And I think even as you get more seasoned and you start knowing the varieties that you love, you're going to be like, okay, I know this one does really good. And I'm just going to focus ha- grow less quant- quantities of varieties and just mm-hmm. grow a little bit more of, you know, your your tried and trues, which is, yeah. for me, that's kind of like just weeding out some of those ones. And that's where the shrink, sh- shrink, <laughs> <laughs> bless me today. Shinky. Shrink, yes. say that five shrink times. Sheet. Yeah. Shrink sheet. shrink shrink oh, Yes. <laughs> that's where it comes into play, which is really important. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next thing you should do. Okay. Let's say you're just getting started what are the high profit flowers in the beginning? And you're just learning how to grow. Um, It's like maybe it's the first or second year on your farm. You're just trying to figure it out. For me and Lindsay both, that looked like lower upfront investment cost flowers. So like we weren't growing ranunculus anemones, lizzie, we weren't growing any of that stuff when we first got started. Mm-hmm. Um, we were growing the things that had a lower upfront investment cost, warm season annuals, all of the stuff that we're growing now, you know, zinnias, celosias, marigolds, asters, which I'm not growing asters, but you know, that that's on the list. Mm-hmm. And But like all of those things that are super low seed costs, pretty easy to grow and then have a long growing season. So the higher investment cost flowers will eventually give you a more premium return. So those ranunculus anemones, peonies, lizzie shrub, like woody type shrubs, perennial shrubs, like they're going to be a higher input cost at the beginning, but you're going to reap the financial rewards when you're selling them later. So higher investment, premium return, higher risk <laughs> also. Yeah. Higher risk, higher more labor. Yes. Yes. More labor
1: involved. So not only is the the bulb expensive, the corm to plant Bronchus and anemone, but mm-hmm. you are uncovering and covering and opening yes. tunnels and mm-hmm. babysitting these little shits all <laughs> winter. You know, I mean, yep. Oh my gosh! What's the so, requirement
0: of the greenhouse? correct yes. or a low,
1: a low tunnel so you've yes. got the added cost of a low tunnel and those are not without stress yep. and worry and yes. management you know i've seen lots of videos of people you know shoveling snow off of low tunnels and mm-hmm. lifting sides up to to vent like it's not you know there's a definitely the risk component so there is definitely lower risk in those lower cost yes. crops yeah you know and a lower time investment too so those are things mm-hmm. to consider but yes. there's a um a, a a piece of this puzzle that um, where I say, you know, I call it the hidden profits section of flower profitability where it's like for you to figure out where the what is your most profitable crop. So this is hidden profits to me is information that you just can't find on a, report. So it requires you really to be like in tune with your crops Mm -hmm. and in tune with your farm, which I think we all are. We're walking the farm. We're seeing what's moving. You're seeing what's not moving. But an example of this to me is filler flowers. They are invaluable to me. So Mm -hmm. my example of one of my highest profit margin crops is status. Mm -hmm. And we sell so many bunches to our florist we use it in almost every single bouquet, so we start cutting it in early May, and we are still cutting it. It was on the cut list today. The same patch, really? yes, in the tunnel, in is the tunnel the late flush. It all no, it, it produce it never stops. Oh my, God. it never stops. This is our third season. So, really? Okay. Yeah. So we replant, but it's in the high tunnel. That's mm-hmm. the difference for us. Is that we just grow the QIS mm-hmm. and. What I love about that status is that those filler flowers fill up a bouquet and yeah. they're so much cheaper to grow. I mean, you're talking about, you know, um, we grow them in a 128. It probably cost me $18 or something less yeah. than that, probably to even grow that flat with the seed, the soil, the tray, planting that thing out. We don't weed them a ton. Mm-hmm. They're very low maintenance, but we cut off of them constantly. And when we get a real heavy flush and we have a lot of other things, we'll still go through and cut it and we use it for dried. So we're getting that additional season extension in that. So to me, status is like such extremely valuable crop, you know, fillers like gomfrina that Mm -hmm. are low, you know, to produce that people absolutely love. We just sickle that straight off and it flushes again. We get to use it again in dried flowers. So those are things where I think They those are the things that are not going to show up for me necessarily on a report in QuickBooks that says, Hey, Lindsay, you stole, you know, this many stems of it. It does with our florists because status, for example, we move a ton of. It's just one of our that's fine. I. I. It's one of our most profitable flowers yeah. for sure. So, again, they're not going to show high volume on a sales, you know, report, but it's going to be it's priceless to me. So bulky plants add value even from just the perception perceived value of what you've got in
0: your bouquet. Yes, which is everything perceived which value. Is, is, mm-hmm. is everything. yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Some other hidden profit areas are those cut and come again annuals and you know depending on how your farm is set up whether you like a completely abandon a succession and you move on to the next or you pick it to death you know those cut and come again annuals really they have some you know hidden profit in that in there to me because they're just going to continue to refresh for you mm-hmm. and the other is multi-use flowers so the ones that we're talking about for dried that we're now repurposing to use on our pumpkins and we're selling dried wreaths at a premium price and then those same dried flowers and dried hydrangea you get to use for your Christmas stuff mm-hmm. and use in your Christmas wreaths and all that. Didn't you sell didn't you sell some like crazy
0: amount of hydrangea a couple like, years ago? Like brown hydrangea. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we sold like Judd took like filled up the entire transit van full of what happened was This is like the craziest story. He cut was just pruning all the hydrangea, like in our landscape, because we have like hydrangea by our like the pool area out front. He was just pruning all those and took a picture. And then what the heck was that girl's name? Now that HGTV girl. Yeah, she caught. She found us and said, "I'll take all of that." And then it ended up being in House Beautiful magazine. My hydrangea. (laughs) We were gonna like just like I'm just gonna take it to the dump. Get rid so of it. wild. It was like brown. I mean, it was yeah. crispy. I mean, I it was like completely it. brown. Yeah. So you see, the hydrangea. You never know. Hydrangea is the gift that keeps on giving. Honestly, yes, it it, does. it's a great flower. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's a really, it's mm-hmm. a really good. And we grow a little lime and limelight. Yes. And those are the, I think those are pretty much the only mm-hmm. two we really grow. Just because they're very easy, they can actually tolerate a little bit of sun, more sun than the other varieties. Yeah. You're going to get consistent blooms on them. You can cut them clear back and it's not going to affect their bloom. Hydrangeas are funny. There's like paniculata- Macrophylla, mm-hmm. there's all different types of them, and when you prune them and how you prune them really matters. But these are Hydrangea paniculata, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of different kinds. There's you know vanilla strawberry, you know there's, there's limelight, little lime, Bobo.
0: Yeah, Bobo? we do a lot of Bobo. Bobo, mm-hmm.
1: Bobo yeah, yeah, Bobo is the one. They're like kind of
0: smaller. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, they're more white. Mm-hmm. They have more of a true white on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so any of those are really great, and then I would say kind of have that like you know, opportunity to extend yeah. your season with them and have a lot of hidden profits. The deer do like them. You got to yeah. keep them away from the deer. But yeah, other than that, so, yep,
0: Yeah. Okay. So also thinking about getting the most profitability out of your flowers or figuring out which ones are most profitable, what you need to consider is where you are selling your flowers because it matters. Where you're selling matters. And we've gone over this. If you do not know who your target market is, market is, or you're just getting started. Episode four is finding your target market, finding which sales outlets are right for you. That's a really good episode, chock full of a lot of really good information. So if you are getting started and you're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what I want to do or what, what sales outlets I want. That is a really good, we kind of break down all of these dis- different sales outlets that I'm going to be going over here and each and trying to explain like, you know, who this might be good for, who this isn't, what things to consider in each, it's it's a it's a really good episode. Um so obviously the highest profitability for your flowers is going to be weddings. And I'm like almost gonna air quote profitability. It kind of depends because there's more time input, more communication, mm-hmm. higher expectations, more pressure that comes with weddings. But if we're just talking about what am I selling this flower for and it's at at a profit, then your highest profit per flower is going to be at a wedding, which to me is one step higher than even retail flowers. Mm -hmm. So that's like where you're going to get the highest dollar amount for your flowers is going to be at weddings. Now, what that's like the price for your flowers. But also things to consider is like what is the labor and time going in? To creating that one of a kind design for your bridezilla or whomever. I'm attracting good ones now, which is good. But you know that takes time. So every once in a while, they oh. still sneak in. Yeah, when you're least expecting it. I have. You, a, I'm like. I have some stories.
1: I, you. Hmm. <laughs> we should do that like we an should. in. Not on the air. There's, yes. We in, could insiders. do like a. a, a, a Wedding nightmare, oh
0: god, episode. Yes. Oh, that would be like a good Halloween, yes. Oh, we, episode. Have, we can have Emily put in like scary, ah, yes, like screaming sounds yeah. stuff. We should,
1: we should really whip this up because <laughs> that would be we'll change all the names,
0: yes, yeah. Then walks oh. in Naomi, hi, ah! <laughs> hey, <hate> purple. <laughs>
1: Like you said, burgundy. What the hell? It's the closest thing to purple. No, I want it. This is wine
0: red. red. Oh, God. I know. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I got to put that on the (laughs) list. (laughs) Yes. So, obviously, like weddings next step, workshops. So, again, workshops is you're going to get a higher dollar amount for your flower, but your time and attention, your personal time teaching them a skill goes into into making that workshop what it is. So, um, and obviously retail, which would include your farm stand, CSA, markets, farmers markets, like some specialty type markets. And then the lowest, the lowest you're going to get for your flowers is like your boutique shops that you're selling wholesale to. Boutique shops, florists, grocery, wholesale distributors, distributors, but On the offset, that your time is going to be less into those. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of different inputs that go into determining your profitability. But if we're just talking about where you're selling, the highest profit per stem is going to be in weddings all the way down to the lowest profit per stem if you're looking at wholesale.
1: Yeah. Well, and you mentioned it earlier too about efficiency. And it's really is efficiency is such a big piece of this profitability puzzle that we haven't really like dug into a ton. Like we've talked about profitability, but this is why it makes it so important because weddings, for example, they were not my highest profit margin. But when I cut out doing full service and I got really smart about realizing where my cost was going out the door. Like I was ordering product in and it was just really, it was just messy. You know, I I was spending a ton of money on something that I didn't really enjoy. And when I cleaned all that up and I trimmed out the fat, And I made it really a lean process. Like I'm not – I don't do sit-down meetings with my brides anymore. You know, we just made it very lean, very efficient. And now that is where we're seeing like the profitability is really skyrocketing in that area. Mm -hmm. So that's really the same with how you – like how you do anything on your farm. So how you dig dahlia tubers or dahlias are one that are just like there's so much labor that goes into them. Mm -hmm. So – How you your planting process, how you stake them and really getting quick and, you know, cutting out the waste of a process in that is where it becomes super important and digs back in and gives you more profit, you know, and like not fussing. Sometimes I see people cutting, like for me, I don't cut through netting with dahlias. I think that that would, I'd probably rip the plant out of the ground.
0: Oh my God. Cutting
1: through it, but it works. Some people do it I know. Yeah, no. So for me, not I don't mm-hmm. want to cut through netting. I cut through, we cut through enough of it and other places on our farm. So that's what just one example of an, an area that you could, you know, maybe try something different with that Florida weave uh, where it would be, you know, less cost of the netting. You're using mm-hmm. Baylor's twine, less stakes. I don't know. Anyway, that's just yeah. an example of, ways to add back into the bottom line with your flowers and and establish, you know, higher profit on one particular type of flower. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you're curious because I've talked about some of the things like that I've cut from production. So I didn't talk to Shannon about this. You can share some of yours, but these okay. are some things that I have cut from yeah. my production based off of profitability. So Cafe Le Dahlias is I one.
0: Cannot, I cannot. Imagine I know. That. I can't imagine life without I. I know.
1: Well, I mean, I think I have five, yeah, five plants or something. Yeah, see, but my florists don't request it. It's not a very popular color. I don't put it in our market bouquets. And my focus of where I'm selling, you know, even with like wedding work, Mm -hmm. I can find something else that fits that. I think they're bulky to work with. Yeah, Uh, they're not great producers. We don't produce that many flowers. No, they
0: really don't. That's why I have have so many. Yeah. For the, that's right. The For birds. the real
1: estate mm-hmm. that them things take up, yeah. I am not interested in you. Yeah. So with my dahlias, I have been over the years very specific around about which varieties I'm keeping. Sweet Natalie. I don't like the way she faces.
0: Yeah. I don't know what Gone. her problem is. I know her she neck does that hair too. I know.
1: Her oh, neck is gosh. like she's got problems with her neck and the way she faces is kind of down. And yeah. She's got good color. I know. And I still
0: have to grow her though.
1: I know you do. Well, and you have a very different like Mm -hmm. tuber production business, like where you're selling, you know, I saw diet tubers. I feel Mm -hmm. like you're selling them on a different scale than I am. And so to me, I'm like, well, you just don't make the cut because I don't want to weed it and plant it and take care of it all day. Yeah, golden scepter is another one. It's real wiry, yeah. and we grow, but the color's great. So we only grow like a little patch of them because there's just a handful, and that I still really do use that mm-hmm. for weddings in the fall. Scabiosa, I've talked about this. I, yeah. it's so messy to harvest to me. We never used enough of it. You know, I was growing a patch of it in, in the high tunnel, and I thought this, I'm growing this for the off chance that I put this in one bridal bouquet. I'm like, I'll find something else. I'll yes. grab it. Yeah. And you know, yeah. Cosmo out of the yeah. U-Pick. So these are the next few, Cosmos, Hibiscus, Nicotiana, Sweet Annie. Those are all things that I don't grow in production that we move to the U-Pick. So if I needed Cosmos is really the only one that I actually would pick on. We just move those over there and they're in a very small spot and I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't mess with it anymore. Basil, I swore off basil. Yeah, I know. Do you
0: still grow it? A little patch for my, mostly for the you pick people that they, but okay. but next year probably not because I grew it for them, but they don't even want it; they just want flowers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they don't they care think about it the greens. No, they don't care. Yeah, somebody did say I thought this was a cool idea. Somebody shared in the you pick uh, talk that I gave that she does like a culinary or like a sensory bed almost, where she does a lot of oh, herbs, that's so like fun. sage and lavender, yeah, basil. I like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And she said that
1: some people make their own smudge sticks.
0: Oh, Or they'll make their
1: own tea because they don't spray. She was like, either they put it in a tea or they light it on fire. Either one, they're having – they like it. So I'm like, that's a cool idea. Yeah. That is cute. I like that idea. I incorporated that idea. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. see what else. Sweet peas. I don't even mess with sweet peas. I
0: know, but I love them so much. Well, see, this is I didn't grow them this year and I missed them. I don't know why.
1: I could never. They just (laughs) – I would always kill them and they get – the stems are too short and in my zone, right? Mm -hmm. Like where I am, I just Mm -hmm. never – I never sold enough of them. Now, I said this at this talk, but I'm like, if you love something, like you love it, grow some for yourself. Yeah. You know, my cozy town addiction, my cozy town diet – that's not factored into my profitability. That is for <laughs> Lindsay only. I love these things, yes. And so it's like that's the that's for me, and that's you know you, it's important to have those things. So it's still um, you know good for you that you want to yeah. grow it just for yourself. So, yeah. but some changes that I'm making for next year, like we're not going to grow zinnias or calendula in our production at all. We're only going to have zinnias in the UPIC. So we just don't cut enough of them. There's yeah. so much other stuff, and they're great, but. I feel like I've kind of moved beyond that Mm -hmm. a little bit. We'll like add them in, you know, here and there to kind of fill in where we need stuff and we'll use them a lot for like mixed buckets here and there. I did get that, you know, we'll have enough where like our uh, Driesbach bought from us this year a few times with Zennios and that was great, but I don't really want them in my like actual production Mm -hmm. area. I think we're going to just move it to you pick. So, but yeah.
0: Okay. Dang. Yeah, I know. Have you cut
1: any? What are some of your, that you've cut? Um,
0: Asters. Okay. I'm surprised tuberose is on your list. I love tuberose.
1: I do, but for some reason, they really don't produce for us. Really? Yeah. I didn't name tuberose. Yeah. We actually huh. don't even dig them up anymore. They just come I'm up. Just and like, they really
0: yeah. just don't, don't produce. Do yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They overwinter for us yeah. here okay. in our zone.
0: Okay. For me, asters, bye. Yeah. I want, I listen, I. If if somebody can coach me on asters, like I would love to grow them, but I just don't. Yeah. No, I don't know why I can't I cannot get them to work. I know you you called it Nicotiana, but I'm annoyingly calling it Nicotina. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wondered why you were smiling when I was talking. Honestly, I read I was like, why is she smiling at me? Because <laughs> so I <sad>. thought
0: <laughs> flower and Never tobacco using anything. Yeah, okay, so I grew that this year, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate it yep. so much. Sticky. Bye. Yep. I don't even know if I yep. cut it. It's just, ugh. No.
1: Yeah. You pick. It's good. It, it yeah. grows fast. Yeah, yeah.
0: It does grow fast. Okay. What else for me? Mm, I think a lot of spring stuff I'm kind of probably kicking to the curb. I'm going to try the forget me not. This is my last hurrah. 2024 might be the last year for forget-me-nots. So I'm going to try to direct seed them. Oh, yeah. Other than that, bye. You know, so just you know the things that you're avoiding in the field because they're just like mm-hmm. they just piss you off every time you look at them because they're either not <laughs> yeah. getting cut. Or... Oh, Rebecca. Yeah. that's one for me. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm done early season.
1: Do you keep doing it or do you do it like early season only? Because I think that sweet spot for it is June. Yeah,
0: in my that's opinion, when mine my blooms. Opinion. Yeah, that's when mine blooms. <gasps> I just don't cut it enough. I just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I have like an aversion to yard flowers. Like I really try not to have no. too many yard flowers. And I don't know. I don't know if that's it. Maybe it's just me. Could be me. Possibly yeah. just me. So that's one too. So, you know, you just have to figure it out. Do you hear the tractor? <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sorry. That's okay. That's all right. Judd's bringing down his pumpkins. Oh, Judd, that's all good. Judd uh, grew me some pumpkins, some specialty pumpkins. Like yeah, you know, all the like really cute varieties, warty ones, and all that. And I have like a crazy amount. When you right. come, when you come next week, and you're bringing home yeah. pumpkins because we have so many. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job. Okay, so okay, so, so flowers that we cut. So yes, you can definitely cut those from production if you're feeling like every time you look at them, you're just done.
1: So the take the takeaways from this. So if we can just like summarize the episode of things for you with. You know, we didn't give you a list. I didn't even name my top 10 on profitability because like truthfully, it doesn't really matter for you. But start with good record keeping. So what comes out of the field with your harvest sheet? What is sold? And what leaves the farm would be your sales and then what's wasted and that's your shrink. So simplifying it down to those three steps is going to give you a really solid foundation to start focusing on your profitability. And I am going to have a video and a download in the insiders for you with my shrink sheet. I will do that. I will make sure that we have that in there and yeah. I will explain how I use it um, and how I, how I use it in season and then how I use it um, in January when I'm making decisions on like cutting crops out. And so the next would be to like look at and identify maybe for yourself like what your hidden crops are, like your hidden value crops and, and focus in on those, like stuff that you like, man, I wish I would have had more of that or you gravitate towards. And then focus on your highest profit margin markets. That's a time mm-hmm. twister. Ooh, Highest yeah. profit margin markets. So again, that's going to look different for every single one of us. And going back to this, like putting your blinders on, staying in your own lane, doing the things that work for you in your own farm. Shan, you mentioned those lisianthus. I grow a ton mm-hmm. of ABC lisianthus yeah. and they're so basic. Like yeah. it's just there. It's a very basic Lizzie and it's not fancy. Mm-hmm. But the market that I'm in, my mm-hmm. customers don't really care. Yeah. So I get to, you know, kind of tailor what I'm growing based on my my actual yeah. market. So I hope yeah. that's helpful for everybody and can I help you so. kind of dig in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that we've inspired you to dig into your numbers, learn about your own profitability, and just make all those decisions for yourself. So we'd love to connect with you over at The Insiders. So you can join our community anytime now, which is really cool. So whenever you're feeling like you want to join us, just um, head on over and join us. We'd love to have you. So with your membership, you get access to our entire content library and bonus teachings. So you can learn at any time. We have a growing vault of ton of extras. So essentially every week or so we're adding to that vault of new things that ideas you guys give us, extras, extra podcasts, extra videos, all kinds of good stuff on there. So we do um, that. We have an amazing dirtbag community, a Facebook group, a member directory. So you can reach out and make some flower friends, bonus teachings. And then we do the, at the end of the month, a live Zoom Q&A where you could submit your personal farming questions and we answer those live with everybody. So it really is a really amazing group. We have so much fun and we do so much learning over there. So we would love to have you. And on top of that, because I know we're coming into Dahlia season, we do give early access to both of our Dahlia tuber sales too. So it's just a one extra perk that we can give you guys. So And did I mention that it is only $20 a month? which is literally the cost of selling one bouquet. So I maybe I'm biased, but I truly believe we give a lot of value for that $20 a month. So, okay guys. So if you need some flower farming friends, our Facebook group is so full of like-minded flower farmers that you can work alongside to grow your business. It's an amazing group over there and we're always cheering each other on. We can't thank you enough for being here and listening each week. You guys are amazing. So we hope you have a great weekend and we'll see you at the same time, same place next week.